Chapter 19. New Steps Forward Nine months was a long time, but one week passed like water. Vokara? Ben. Ben sighed. Vokara crossed her legs and swept one leg over her shoulder. Her stylus clicked open, and she held it poised and ready above her flimsy. You're enjoying this far too much, Ben accused. I'm getting comfortable for the arduous task ahead. Now, how much time are you hoping your silver tongue will buy you this time? Twenty minutes? Thirty? Ben rubbed a hand over his face. He'd already made up his mind before he'd stepped in the door, but that didn't make opening his mouth any less difficult. None, actually. I've already decided what to divulge to you today. Vukara squinted at him. When a mind like Ben Kenobi surrendered this easily, there was always a catch. You've found a loophole, I presume? Are you going to tell me by what exact figure your tunic size differs from that of your fifteen-year-old self? No, though that's not a bad idea. The thought would have normally made him laugh, but Ben's smile was minimal, mind weighed down by the task at hand. No, it's rather serious, actually. Oh. Vukara sobered, taken aback by the man's openness, but knowing better than to mention it. Go on. Ben took a deep breath and sat back. Qui-Gon did not live to see me knighted. He'd braced himself for the wave of shock that radiated off of Master Che, but it still made him wince. He was killed on a mission before he could recommend me. The whole ordeal that led to his death was actually retroactively dubbed my trials. So, in a morbid way, Ben acknowledged the bitter irony, he did see me knighted, though not in a manner that anyone would ever hope for. Were you there? Fukara asked in a still voice. Ben's breath hitched in his throat upon remembering the dead weight of his mentor bleeding in his lap. The whole time. To render his interrogator speechless would have normally been a victory, but Fukara's shocked silence was resoundingly hollow in Ben's ears. He waited patiently for her to respond. Why are you telling me this? I thought you said you wanted to know about me. I did. I too, but when I first dragged you in here, you were all but clawing at the doorframe. What's changed in your mind? My mind hasn't changed at all, Master Che, but... Ben shrugged. The topic came up during the week with a... different person, and since I already told them, I figure I might as well tell you, too. You're the one taking notes, anyway. Reminded, Vokara scribbled furiously at her notepad, which she'd neglected in her surprise. After she was done, she asked, How did Qui-Gon take it? It was Ben's turn to be surprised. How do you know I told him? Ben. She gave him a pointed look. Her leg twitched in offhand, twi-leg slang, but Ben needn't have been conversion and rile to understand the unspoken, I'm not stupid. He took it as well as anyone is ought to when they're told about their death. I think he was more concerned for Obi-Wan's sake than for himself. Bukhara allowed herself a bittersweet smile. That does not surprise me, she said quietly. Ben shook his head. No. A pause. Bukhara jotted a few things down. I must admit, I had my suspicions on the matter, though to hear it so plainly is a shock. Ben frowned deeply. How do you mean? I don't know if you know, but you refer to him in the past tense rather often. You also once said that you'd only ever known him as your master. Ben was unused to being read so easily by slips of his own making, and the surprise must have shone through on his face. 
As much as you'd like to hide your past, Master Kenobi, the truth will come out one way or another. Yes. The memory of his argument with Qui-Gon resurfaced. The longer I am here, the more painfully that fact makes itself known. That is why you are here, Master Kenobi, Bukhara reminded him. So next time you wish to tell me of your shirt size or your favorite color, try to consider how you want your past to emerge. To me, in confidentiality, or accidentally in conversation with Force Knows Who. Ben didn't like admitting that a healer could be right, so he said nothing as he nodded. The point was made regardless. That evening, in a very different frame of mind, Ben's vulnerable self was once again squared away behind its everyday armor. In this particular case, the armor was double thick. The negotiator was elbow deep into a new plot, and it was going absolutely perfectly. He was funneling vegetables into boiling water when a knock came at his door. Come in, he said, loudly enough for the incomer to hear. That smells wonderful. Qui-Gon sniffed appreciatively, coming over to peer at the simmering pot on the stove, which radiated with warm glow. I've learned to make do, Ben shrugged. Tatooine was hardly the galaxy's seat of culinary excellence, but creativity and invention had long been his helpmates in the kitchen. Now, with Coruscant's diverse edible offerings, he'd become something of a hobbyist. Qui-Gon, who Ben knew had never been all that gifted around food, chuckled. He helped himself to a fingerful of creamy herb spread, which was destined for the bread-baking in the oven. You know, excessive modesty is as much a vice as boasting. Ben laughed. Modesty? It's hardly fine dining, Qui-Gon. Isn't it? Oh, force, Ben lamented. Your poor apprentice. Qui-Gon scoffed and shook his head, but gave no rebuttal as he took a second taste of the spread. Do you need any help? No, I'm nearly done, though it'll have to cook for a while. Put the kettle on, if you like. Qui-Gon did, and the negotiator put the lid on the stew, which was in fact perfectly ready to eat, and took the bread out of the oven to cool. The meal itself was entirely ready to eat, but Qui-Gon wouldn't know that. Ben was banking on it. He timed it perfectly so that the tea was already steeped and poured, and Qui-Gon comfortably settled into a chair when the second knock came at the front door. You expecting someone? Ben said nothing in reply and stood to answer the door. As he did, he interposed his body between Qui-Gon's line of sight and that of the newcomer. Please, come in. He gestured to the visitor. Visitors, actually. The younger of the two bounded into Qui-Gon's view first, a boisterous blue Twi'lek girl. She distracted him for a moment, after which she looked back up and straight into the face of Fee Morgard, who was staring back at him with equal shock. Ben glanced between them. I believe you two know each other? He commented mildly. The tension between the former master-apprentice pair was palpable, blocky, and awkward. Aeola could sense the disturbance as easily as any of them, but had not the life experience to decipher the nuances of remorse, grudge, and old hurt. Instead, she only knew that her master was uncomfortable, and therefore she was uncomfortable as a result. Master, who's that? She whispered, stepping suddenly to stand behind Fimo's arm. Fimo didn't break his eyes away from Qui-Gon as he shook his head. Not now, Padawan. As the silence grew more awkward and cold, Ben stood with an easy smile. Right then, help yourself to dinner. I've kept it warm. Bread's on the counter, knives in the cupboard, and I believe Master Jin's just made a pot of tea. At which point Master Jin glared at Ben over his share of said tea. Ayola, 
Ben continued in the same breath, turning to smile down at the uncertain apprentice. Before we eat, I'd nearly forgotten, but I've recently acquired some books that I think you might enjoy. Would you like to see them? Oh, the Padawan perked up slightly. Yes, please, Master Kenobi. Right this way. Ben gestured to the small hallway that led to his room, where he kept his desk and books. As Ayola crossed the room to the door, Ben glanced over her head at his guests turned captives. Qui-Gon was still glaring at him, but instead of reiterating his smile of before, Ben sent the man a very stern, very serious look. Their recently resurrected bond was primitive and unused, but its tenuous connection helped emphasize Ben's message. The future matters too. Be mindful of that. Qui-Gon's jaw stiffened, but he blinked contritely a few times and turned his attention back to Fimor. Stripped of any pretextual glee, Ben glanced between the pair one last time before excusing himself to distract Ayola from the carefully planned confrontation with an armful of picture encyclopedias he'd picked out for her. When the door latched shut, Fimor and Qui-Gon continued to look at each other. Fimor cleared his throat first. <clears throat> He's got this all planned out, I see. Yes, he seems to have a pension for this sort of thing, Qui-Gon said. It was hard for each man to look at the other. Not for the bad blood between them, but for the passing of time made evident in flesh. Qui-Gon's hair had been thick and fully brown the last time that Femur had seen of it. Now it was streaked with grey at the temples and the roots. Femur himself sported several silver strands, though they were camouflaged by clothes cropped blonde. Doubtless, the first thing that struck Qui-Gon was the sight of his former apprentice with crow's feet at his eyes and wrinkles in his brow. Qui-Gon was eleven years older than Fimor. When they had been paired together, the years had been broader. Qui-Gon, a thirty-one-year-old knight, Fimor, a not-quite-twenty-year-old Padawan. The lines of authority and experience had been clear-cut in those days, even though the situation had been unconventional. But that was eons ago. Time had since worn thin the loss of seniority. Had not the history imposed itself so presently on his mind, Qui-Gon realized he and Fima would have automatically treated each other as equals. They were equals. Inside, Qui-Gon Jin felt smaller than he had in a long, long time. He was such a fool. When Fima made no further attempt to speak, Qui-Gon finally accepted that he was the one in the room who bore the burden of proof. Femur he said, and Femur couldn't hold back the small glare he gave. Qui-Gon backpedaled to a more formal, Master Guard, I... He drew in a deep breath. It was such a foreign and awkward word, but so simple to say. I am so sorry. Femur said nothing. I'm sorry I discredited you. I had no authority or reason to do so. I'm sorry about Xanatos, about everything. He paused to think, and Femur's continued silence made it worse. He closed his eyes to ignore the piercing stare and pressed onward. I've known for years that I was wrong, that all the reasons I gave myself were just the excuses of a stubborn old man, but I was too damn afraid to admit it. He shook his head. Imagine that. A Jedi Master afraid. I was wrong to take it out on anyone, least of all you. I understand if you cannot forgive me for it, but I do want you to know that I am sorry for it. All of it. After another long pause, Fimor sighed. Qui-Gon, he said quietly, and shook his head at the absurdity of the whole thing. Master, 
Do you really think I wouldn't forgive you? Qui-Gon looked up at him. Fima was struck with the memory of exactly how stubbornly rooted this man was. You did, didn't you? He asked, and it felt almost like a bad joke. He shook his head with the smallest of smiles. Qui-Gon, master of the living force. Femur came over to the sitting area, where Qui-Gon remained frozen in place with his teacup disused in his hands. You have much to learn about people. Being put in his place by your own Padawans was a recent and recurring trend. So I've been told. With Femur having broken the kinetic friction in the air, Qui-Gon felt free to move. He set his tea on the table and fidgeted more awkwardly than a grown man should. Ben? Femur guessed. Yes, soon after he spoke with you about all this, I gather. Femur lifted his brows. Aye, I had no idea he'd take to it like this. Was he wrong, too? No, though I wonder why he took it out on you. Qui-Gon shrugged, unable to explain neither the depth of Ben's feeling nor the reasons behind it. I deserved it, truly, though he was quite adamant about it. In point of fact, Qui-Gon had never before had the privilege or the horror of seeing Obi-Wan angry before. Frustrated and agitated, yes, but not truly, righteously angry. It had been a harrowing slap in the face to behold, one meant to wake him from a stupor. I've been wrong for so long, I didn't want to admit it. He reminded me how obtuse it can be, as I'm sure you remember well. Fimur nodded slowly, fiddling with his fingers. It... it did hurt, he said. When I hurt, I hadn't a clue what to think. I'd been trying to figure out how to send my condolences about Xanatos when someone advised me about your, uh, decision. Femur looked up at his old master, and it was Qui-Gon's turn to avert his eyes. You are right to apologize, of course. It was meant to sting, and Qui-Gon wins in his turn. But I am equally right to forgive you. I'm glad to, master. I'm just glad to see you again. The two finally met eyes properly, and Femur gave an awkward smile. He glanced at the pot of tea that Qui-Gon had on the low table. Still drinking the same horrid leaf water, I see? Age, stop here. Yes, I recognized the odor. Femur glanced at the kitchen and its simmering pots and pans. You didn't help him cook any of that, did you? No. Good. Qui-Gon rolled his eyes. Femur tried and failed to hide his grin. After a moment of silence, he said, I've missed this. As have I, Qui-Gon replied. Awkwardly, he stood and extended a hand of truce. Femur rose solemnly and moved to shake hands. He pulled the other man into a hug instead. Thank you, Qui-Gon said to him after they'd parted. Femur only smiled. It's good to finally see you again, Master Jin. Good, but not familiar. As the post-reconciliatory air staled into a mundane shade of awkward, Ben emerged from his diversion as if on cue with Aeola in tow. Master, master, look at this! Aeola charged forward with a hollow book, glowing triumphantly with what Femur could already tell was going to be a gory depiction of nature's horrifying food chain. Oh no, he said quietly to himself, an utterance completely neglected by his apprentice, who thrust the book out for his consideration. It can swallow a gundark whole! Goodness, Femur commented mildly, taking the proffered book with a long-suffering expression. He didn't notice how Qui-Gon was disguising a smile and watching Aeola with a new, special breed of interest. And look how cute the babies are! 
She pointed. Good heavens, are those teeth? Yeah. Ben chuckled. Aeola, perhaps we should postpone discussions of exotic fauna until after dinner. Yes, Master Kenobi, Aeola said, and obediently closed the book and surrendered it to her host. With no more betooth baby animals to distract her, Aeola suddenly noticed Qui-Gon's presence once more. A resurgent discomfort beset her, and she stood beside her master with carefully but not perfectly hidden alarm. Hello, she said, and glanced up at her master in a silent plea for help. Padawan, this is Master Qui-Gon Jinn, Femur told her. Master Jinn, this is my Padawan, Aeola Tarkona. Qui-Gon's expression was one he'd never worn before, unreadable save for the small smile which spoke volumes. Aeola bowed respectfully. It's nice to meet you, Master Jin. Qui-Gon bowed slightly from his seat. As with you, Padawan Tarkona. Aeola, Master Jin, he... Femur began, and glanced at Qui-Gon in the sudden realization, and relief, that this man might actually become a part of his life again. When I was younger, Master Jin was my master, he said. It took a moment for Aeola to process this information, but when she did, she turned back to Master Jin with a look of hero worship. Wow, she said reverently. She added in an unabashed tone, You must be really old. At the exact same time, Qui-Gon's eyebrows rose several inches, Femur sighed and put a hand over his eyes, and Ben burst out laughing. Aeola blushed indigo, realizing her faux pas too late. The archives can teach one many things about silence, Ben commented, favoring Fimo with a sympathetic look, but they cannot, I'm afraid, imbue one with sound judgment. I'm sorry, Master Jin, Aeola said, retroactively mortified. Huaigun chuckled, a corner of his heart already won over. It's quite all right, Padawan. From your point of view, I must be very old indeed. He glanced up at Fimor, who looked as though he might just be the most overwhelmed master in the entire temple. Though not quite as old, I think, as your master might be by the end of today. This concept puzzled Aeola, but she needn't have worried herself with it for much longer. Ben moved back towards the kitchen. You may both berate me later, but I promise the stew wasn't a pretense. Now help me eat it before it gets cold. Fimor and Aeola left first, on account of Aeola having a very early class the following morning. Qui-Gon shared a surprisingly easy farewell with his former Padawan and his newly met Grand Padawan. After they were both out the door, Ben leaned against the doorframe. I suppose I ought to apologize for the deception, he told Fimor in a humble tone. But I didn't think either of you would agree if I'd been transparent about my plan. Fimor regarded the other man through a squint. Make a habit of this kind of stunt, Kenobi, and you'll have something to apologize for. But... I should probably be thanking you. Fimur cast another look at Qui-Gon, who was still inside, helping to clean up after dinner. He listens to you, Fimur observed. I've only met a few people who can get him to do that. Ben nodded, not sure of what to say. Yourself included? Fimur shrugged. Patchily. Probably more than you think. Time will tell. Hmm. Fimur nodded, watching Qui-Gon carefully. Eventually, he shook himself. You should, however, apologize for whatever garbage you gave Aeola. I'll not hear the end of this Gundark-eating monstrosity, a vanquarying sand whale, whatever it is, for a month at least. She's meant to be studying the galactic astrography maps, not outer rim biology. My apologies. 
although you must admit her enthusiasm is charming. You've mispronounced alarming. Ben laughed. Good night, Femur. Good night. Ben closed the door and turned back to his apartment, where Quagon was stacking balls. Familiar with Quagon's rubric on deception, apprentice or not, Ben assessed the fallout in a casual tone. I suppose I can expect to pay for my subterfuge in some way. I was going to challenge you to a spar tomorrow evening. I accept. As easily as that? Ben smiled. As easily as that. They worked in silence, both enjoying the soft afterimage of fellowship imprinted into the force. The evening had been an admirable success, for which Ben's negotiator pride was swelled to its fullest degree. I must admit, Quagon broke the silence after they were done putting away dishes and cleaning the table. Suddenly having a grandpa one is a very odd sensation. Oh, nonsense, Ben said, sitting down on his couch and thumbing curiously through the encyclopedia with which Aeola had been so entranced. Having a grandpa one is quite fun, actually. It's like having a Padawan, except without the fussier bits of teaching. Qui-Gon raised one brow high. And you would know? Ben glanced at him. He told Vokara that he wasn't going to mention his age to Qui-Gon, but then again, he'd also sworn that he wasn't going to tell Vokara anything about the future. Somehow, telling one precipitated telling the other. It was not something that he would have chosen for himself before, but now that he had one foot planted in front of the other on this narrow ledge, the force sang at him with rightness. I don't think I've ever mentioned, but I was not this brisk young man you see before you, in the moments before I appeared in the temple's basement. I was actually a great deal older. Really? Quaikon was taken aback, but intrigued. How much older? That I will leave to your imagination. I will only tell you that I know a thing or two about having a grand Padawan, and believe me, Master, you'll like it immensely. Hmm, was all Qui-Gon said, leaning back to ponder. Ben scrolled through encyclopedia entries on far-flung ecosystems and grimaced every once in a while at the hollow illustrations. At those which Ayola would likely find most fascinating, the negotiator allowed a quiet, so uncivilized. Wagon watched him quietly, imagining what kind of apprentice Obi-Wan would have attracted, and what sort of apprentice his apprentices would tow into their lineage. Then he considered what he knew of Femur from back when they'd known each other better, and what he'd seen in Aeola over the course of the evening. Qui-Gon had never had a particularly close relationship with his master. Aside from his current apprentice and distinguished grandmaster, the threats of lineage and heritage that typically bound Jedi families together were a foreign and uncharted expanse in his mind. He hardly had a sterling track record when it came to such typical attachments. Even so, he was a disciple of the living force, which was already arresting his uncertainty, telling him his path before he was sure of any of it. I suppose it has some appeal to it, he decided eventually. I'll have to keep my eye on them. Ben beamed, setting his book aside. That's the spirit. Ben ran into Obi-Wan by chance the following day, as he was returning the encyclopedias he'd borrowed for Aeola's benefit. The apprentice was slouched into one of the rounded window seats of a study alcove, his arms wrapped around an astronavigational volume, which he held just a few inches away from his face, blue light washing over his features and casting particular shadows on his cleft chin and furrowed brow. Brooding even over homework, Ben commented, leaning into the small doorless room. Obi-Wan started, nearly dropping his book. It's just me, Ben chuckled. 
What are you working on? Obi-Wan sat up and winced as the blood rushed back into his head. Remedial astronavigation? Ah, Ben nodded. With the annoying habit of self-knowledge, he was able to read Obi-Wan as easily as the open holobook on the bench. You're still mad at Qui-Gon, aren't you? Obi-Wan straightened up to protest, but then realized that it was useless. He sighed heavily. Ben led himself into the small room and waited for Obi-Wan to say something. Why didn't he tell me? It was a question Ben had asked himself a thousand times in the same pained, betrayed tone that Obi-Wan affected now. That I do not know, but I do know that he wants nothing more than to make up for his mistakes. For Fimor's sake, and for yours. Give him grace. This suggestion was met with an expression of pinched uncertainty, the need to scratch an itch without knowing where exactly it lay. Ben thought he could hazard a guess. It was so easy to forget how young Obi-Wan actually was at this point in time. He'd seen a lot for a boy his age, but he was, at root, still just a boy. He'd only been an apprentice for two and a half years. I know it is hard to let go. Believe me. Why do you think he asked you to leave the room? I haven't yelled at anyone like that in years. Obi-Wan looked up at him with mild surprise. Ben shrugged and came to sit by his younger self. This may not be your first reminder, but it is likely one of the more important one of its kind. Qui-Gon is human. He's fallible. Prone to the same whims and emotions as us all. He makes mistakes, and they have fallout. That does not make him any less wise or deserving of your trust. But... Obi-Wan shook his head, heart caught on the betrayal of it all. He just said nothing. I've been so afraid of failing this whole time, ending up like Xanatos. If I had known that there was another... The boy shrugged helplessly, unable to articulate what exactly his heart ached over. Yes, but you do know now, Ben told him. That is a gift never given to me. This is a crossroads, Obi-Wan, for all of us. Quagga knows it was wrong to hide it from you. He said it many times over to me, doubtless to you as well. Obi-Wan looked down at his feet following the last comment, confirming Ben's suspicions. Eventually he found a quiet voice and said, The code, the one you gave me, it says, emotion yet peace. But every time I try I just get caught. I think the new code works better for me. Ben shook his head softly and grasped Obi-Wan's shoulder in a steady grip. Emotion, yet peace. What do you think that means? That in the midst of our emotions we can find peace. It was an amalgamation of Ben's own words with very little real comprehension behind it. And what does that mean for this situation? That I... Obi-Wan wrestled with his thoughts, as if trying to answer a complicated equation before sighing in defeat. That's just it. I don't think it works. Not for me. Not right now. Listen, Ben said, giving Obi-Wan the slightest shake for attention. Qui-Gon betrayed you. He hid from you something which you had every right to know. But in the midst of that betrayal, you still know that he is the same man who's trained you so faithfully these past few years whom you care for. He's still the same man you're beginning to regard as a father. Such attachments were forbidden. Obi-Wan shot the master with a look of surprise, but Ben only eyed him knowingly. I'm you, remember? The apprentice nodded slowly and allowed the session to continue. 
In the midst of all the frustration and anger that I have no doubt you are feeling, you must learn to see through, not past, your emotions to the fact that Qui-Gon still has your best interests at heart. He's teaching you how to be a good Jedi, how to be a good man. But you must also repay the favor by teaching him that he can acknowledge his mistakes with grace. Ben paused to let the advice sink in. He smiled slightly as he said, He is a very stubborn learner. He'll need both of her help to get it into his head. Which made Obi-Wan smile. I've never met Femur, Obi-Wan admitted at length. No? Oh, well, he's a good man. He actually works here in the archives once in a while with his Padawan Ayola. Which reminds me, Ben glanced at Obi-Wan's homework, you might learn these charts better if you studied with someone who also needs help concentrating. Obi-Wan frowned at him, discerning an inference, but not its destination. Femur's Padawan, Ayola Tracano, is currently enrolled in a basic astrography course, but is incredibly distractible about it. We could easily help her study for her course, whilst honing your, uh, lacking finesse with astronavigation. Elementary astrography? Obi-Wan asked. How old is she? Eleven standard. And a Padawan already? Some residual bitterness mixed in with his tone. Yes, and not worthy of your scorn. Her aptitude in the unifying force might yet be a refreshing breath for you. And I know Fima would appreciate the help. Besides, it would give you an excuse to introduce yourself to Qui-Gon's former Padawan, and also get to know your... Ben paused, mind running through the unofficial branches of the lineage. Niece, as it were. Hmm, Obi-Wan thought on it. Your niece, my cousin, he decided. Ben laughed. <laughs> it's still weird. Yes, and that I can wholeheartedly agree, but not in a bad way. Obi-Wan, in his fifteen years, had not yet mastered the concept of weird being divisible from bad. Ben grasped at teenage memories in an attempt to sympathize. You'll understand when you're older, he said, and only remembered after the words were out of his mouth how patronizing that sounded as a young man. But they were true. Very well, Obi-Wan said, picking up his homework once more. I'll contact Master Guard and let him know. He knows of you, you know. Really? Yes, he recognized my name because he knew yours. Ben smiled at the irony. Funny how that works. Obi-Wan seemed uncomfortable at the idea of a previously unknown apprentice knowing about him, but was making an obvious effort to look through, not past, the obstacle. Do you think he resents me? The apprentice asked. No, not at all. I think, Obi-Wan, that if we let it, and there was the actual we included, because these were waters uncharted even for Ben. This could turn into something far better than you or I or Qui-Gon have ever had the luxury of contemplating. How do you mean? You remember the light Tal brought with her whenever she visited you and Qui-Gon? Obi-Wan looked down, heart still stained with recent grief. Yes. It's called family. Even we Jedi have it in our own way. And you're gifted in foresight, I know. What does the Force tell you? Obi-Wan did not answer him, so Ben left the apprentice to think on it while he studied. I'll contact Femur, he reminded as he left. I'm sure Ayola will be thrilled to have you as a study partner. Thrown from his contemplative mood, Obi-Wan frowned in sudden alarm. 
an eleven-year-old Padawan, with whom he'd been extricably tied up in the bonds of lineage, suddenly devoted to one-on-one -on -one tutoring sessions. What had he just agreed to? The duel between Qui-Gon and Ben that night was a spectacle of surprises and incredibly deft saber-play. Qui-Gon encountered the most surprises that evening as he faced Ben's saber-form personally for the first time, but Ben also had his fair share. Namely, that he held the advantage. Never before in his life had Ben dueled against Qui-Gon Jinn and had more than a fraction of a chance at victory. The new-found high ground was invigorating. It was also too new to capitalize on. Oh no, that's just rude, Ben complained when Qui-Gon landed a scorching hit on his shoulder. I just got these tabards. I wouldn't have pegged you for a man of appearances, Qui-Gon huffed, twirling his saber in absent-minded arcs. Ben knew them for what they were. Qui-Gon was preparing to launch a surprise attack. I had to relearn a few things after my apprenticeship. Is that so? Yes, my master was always rubbish with those sorts of things. Horrible sense of style. You should see his hair. Ben played along with Qui-Gon's imposed front of flippancy, but quietly put his leading foot forward, his saber at just the right angle to counter Qui-Gon's inevitable forehand strike. Is there anything your master did teach you? The dojo was technically in public, so they could only bicker in the third person. Ben smiled cheekily. Enough to fill books, yes, he said. Including how to properly launch a surprise assault and... He gestured to Qui-Gon's stature and saber grip. That's not it. Damn, Qui-Gon cursed, before launching into an offense anyway. Green and blue whirled an expert arcs around, below, above, beside each other, each blade dancing inches away from its target, before being deflected by the other. Even though Ben held the tactical advantage, Qui-Gon was a true master of his form. Ataro had long been popular among those Jedi of shorter stature, taking inspiration from Yoda's immense success in the form. However, in the hands of a giant like Qui-Gon, the fourth form transformed from an acrobatic dance into a nigh-unstoppable wall of pure offense. The one thing that kept Ben from an embarrassing defeat was his mastery of Sorisu. After all, the only way to hold off an unstoppable offense was with an impenetrable defense. However, in the end, Ben's own experiences in Ataru, and with Qui-Gon in particular, allowed him to spot a weakness that the other could not. Launching forward with a rare but precise offensive strike, Ben disarmed his master and landed a retaliatory burn on his right tabard before bringing his blade to hover over Jin's heaving collarbone. Qui-Gon took it as gracefully as he could. A Jedi craves revenge not, the defeated reminded his opponent, brushing off charred bits of fabric from his shoulder. And he would never have packed you for a man of appearances, Ben said innocently, not moving his blade. Qui-Gon gave him a withering look, but the pretense melted into a smile. Sola, he surrendered, and Obi-Wan extinguished his blade with a good-natured grin. Well fought, he commented, helping Qui-Gon to his feet. I admit I've missed a real challenge. You fight exceptionally well, Qui-Gon returned compliment for compliment. He glanced around to see that no one was watching them, and asked meaningfully, Who taught you all that? The question took Ben off guard. I studied myself, mostly, he admitted. The subject of Qui-Gon's death had already been breached between them, and Ben knew he'd already hinted at his switch to Sarisu before. Qui-Gon was smart enough to put two and two together. I have seen the fatal weakness of Form 4. Qui-Gon frowned at the heavy tone behind the words. 
Is that so? Ben nodded, sheepish but grave. I'm afraid so. Qui-Gon considered this with his own somber nod. He swallowed. Teach me. What? Ben burst incredulously. It was the only possible response to such a request, coming from one's own teacher. Teach me some Sarisu, Quagon repeated, taking up his unignited saber once more. For future reference. Ben was frozen on the spot. It wasn't a possibility that he could have ever foreseen. Firstly, becoming mentor to his own master. Second, teaching his master to bolster his own fighting for sake of past tragedies. Third, for feeling so at home, so right with the prospect. Oh, of course, he said, more easily than he would have thought. I'll give you some katas to work on. It sounded too much like something said to one's apprentice. If you'd like, he tagged on to make up for it. Qui-Gon smiled impishly at Ben's discomfort and bowed to compound the blow. Of course, master. When no Kenobi followed, Ben's face turned bright red and he coughed awkwardly. Qui-Gon laughed at the spectacle. Come on, then. Prove that you know what you're doing. Where do I start? 